Demons are a nuisance Make you feel like two cents children Demons are a nuisance Living in the wilderness Demons will attack you Welcome to Upworth United Methodist Church. I'm Debbie Weatherspoon, the pastor here, and on this Sunday, February 18th, we took time to reflect on our engagement in works toward reparations and repair through our support of the Black Wealth Builders Fund. We had special speakers and special music as we continued to celebrate Black History Month. We hope that you will find uh, inspiration and encouragement from this service. God will lend light you, children. Demons will invite you. Take you to the wilderness. Demons will infect you. Carefully select you, children. Demons will infect you. Hurt you in the wilderness. Hurt you in the wilderness. My children hurt you in the wilderness. Demons will infect Hurt you in the wilderness. Demons will expose you. Keep you on your tiptoes, children. Demons will expose you. Show you in the wilderness. Demons all around you. Soon they will surround you, children. Demons all around you. Get you in the wilderness, get you in the wilderness, my children, get you in the wilderness, demons all around you, get you in the wilderness. and Savior, look at his behavior, children, demons in the Savior, tempted in the wilderness, demons will obey him, never will betray him, children, demons will obey him, leave him in the wilderness, leave him in the wilderness.
Uh, friends, this is a difficult time. Many prayers, many concerns, and um, certainly what Caroline brought up about gun violence and asked for our prayers for our nation after, you know, just a week ago anticipating the Super Bowl and then a celebration parade that ends up in a mass shooting. Our hearts are breaking. Our hearts are breaking as well because um, our minister of music, Jerry, is in his possibly final hours, final days. Um, and so let us just be in quiet prayer and then I'll lead us into the Lord's Prayer. Oh Lord, hear our prayer through our tears, through our heartbreak. Lord, comfort your child. Give him that peaceful passing. Lord, we thank you for all who are gathered as bedside. We know we do not know the hour, the day. It is in your time, in your season. Lord, we turn to you with all that we have and all that we are. We are in your hands. We are reminded in this season that we are dust and to dust we will return. And in our vulnerability, our fragility. We lean into one another. We lift our voices in song. We stand together because Jerry taught us to praise. Charles would be here singing. And so we know that we can't help but sing to give praise and thanksgiving for this season that we were together. How blessed are we. We seek your will to be done. We join our hearts and our voices together to pray. Our Creator, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
Our scripture for the next several weeks going to be from the First Nations version, an indigenous translation of the New Testament. And I want to introduce you to some names we aren't familiar with, but we will become very familiar with. Creator sets free is the person we call Jesus. Gift of goodwill is the person we call is the person we call John the Baptizer. Seed Planter Village is where the place we call Nazareth and Circle of Nations is the place we call Galilee. You'll hear these many times in the coming weeks. Today's gospel comes from Mark. It was in those days that Creator Sets Free came from his home in Seed Planter Village in the territory of Circle of Nations to have gift of goodwill performed for him the purification ceremony. As soon as Creator Sets Free came up from the water, he saw the sky open. The spirit of Creator came down like a dove and rested on him. Then a voice from the sky spoke, this is my much beloved son who makes my heart glad. Right then and there, the spirit drove creator sets free into the desert wilderness. For 40 days and nights, he remained there, surrounded by wild animals and being tested by accuser, the ancient trickster snake. Spirit messengers also came to give him strength and comfort. Then later, after Gift of Goodwill was arrested, Creator Sets Free traveled to the territory of Circle of Nations to tell the good story. The time has now come, he said to the people. Creator's good road is right in front of you. It is time to return to the right ways of thinking and doing. Put your trust in this good story I am bringing to you. Here ends the gospel. How we begin. Baptism, calling, naming, sending, wilderness returning. There are moments when we begin again. There are seasons when we go deep, when we reflect. Some aha moments can lead us to making decisions, decisions that might just change the path that we are on. Author Latasha Morrison writes about one of her decisions to build a bridge between the majority and non-white church cultures. 
She writes, and I quote, that bridge might open space for my white friends to better understand my history, culture, and experience, and would provide room for my non-white culture friends to share their pain. I didn't know exactly where to start, so I started simply. I invited my white friends to watch the movie based on Alice Walker's 1982 novel, The Color Purple. Next, we formed a racial reconciliation discussion group. These conversations set the bridge for the launch of the Be the Bridge, an organization committed to bringing the reconciliation power of the gospel to the racial divide in America. I often wonder where I would be, she says, if I had ignored the tugging in my heart. The sense that God was calling me into something new. What if I had succumbed to my fears or allowed the misunderstandings of others to drive my attitude in this work? So many of us hide little flickers of hope inside our hearts and we ignore the small nudges. Maybe acting on those nudges will bring deep discomfort as our world views are disrupted. Maybe fear of the unknown or the loss of our tidy lives keeps us from following God. Feeling uncomfortable with the topic of race can be a barrier to engaging in conversation. Yet these conversations are essential. End quote. We have an opportunity to participate in something called the Racial Wealth Gap Simulation. And this exercise facilitates having those difficult conversations. And I hope you'll participate in this activity this afternoon. I'm really grateful that one of the facilitators from St. Mary Magdalene is here, Kate King. So thank you for worshiping here today. The simulation changes people's hearts and minds and inspires them to become committed to applying a racial equity lens to their work. The concept and design of the simulation was co-created by Marlissa D. Gamblin, a policy expert on the racial hunger, income, and wealth divide. Achieving racial equity means that all people regardless of race, have fair opportunities to enjoy equal outcomes. So I go back to author Latasha Brown. She writes in her book, which is titled Be the Bridge, that the work of building bridges toward restorative racial reconciliation is firmly rooted in biblical principles. She writes, we acknowledge the truth of our racial history because as scripture says, the truth has the power to set us free. We lament injustice and push through the guilt and shame of our history of racial sin because only then can we recognize and truly grieve our sins. We confess our sins so that we may be healed by God. We seek and extend forgiveness for the racial injustices we've perpetrated or suffered because we were forgiven by Christ himself. We repent and turn from our sin and do everything within our power to right the wrongs we've committed or our ancestors have committed because that's the evidence of lives changed by God. 
Finally, she writes, God made us bridge builders so we could draw others into bridge building in God's name. End quote. As the members of our church's reparations action group say, building bridges is about moving beyond our church community to inspire our friends and our neighbors to take reparative action. Many of you have reflected on and acted regarding your commitment to the Black Wealth Builders Fund. So we ask you now, consider the people you know outside of our church who would want to hear about our partnership with Black Wealth Builders Fund. If you haven't yet so committed to the fund, there's still ample time to do so. Of course, you can always go online to our donation page and select Black Wealth Builders Fund from the drop-down menu. You can set up a one-time or recurring donation. Of course, you can always write a check to Upworth United Methodist Church and put Black Wealth Builders Fund, or simply BWBF, in the memo line. So here's an update on the progress of the campaign. As of the end of the year, there was $41,525 received for the Black Wealth Builders Fund for 2023. That's over twice our goal of 20,000 for the 2023 seed funding. Hey, amen. And so far for this year, 37, over 37,000 has been committed toward our goal of 40,000. At this rate, we expect to well exceed that goal as well. Reparations are a way of being a person that honors your connection to another. It is an expression of love, says Anasa Troutman. Reparations, in other words, require us to make different kinds of choices and to be different kinds of people, to be people of repair. Lucy Watkins, who was mentioned earlier on the video, a friend of Kim's and her, and her husband Cohen, whom we heard from earlier, want to be those kind of people, people of repair. Because of their friendship, Kim was able to build a bridge between our church's support of the Black Wealth Builders Fund to them. As I conclude my sermon, I'll invite us to hear from Lucy, and I'll close with these words. Jesus tells us to lean into the spirit, even when it blows us into unchartered territory, even when it seems to be sending us out against our will, Lean into the uncertainty because it won't abandon you. And along the way, there will be moments of blessing. Remember them. Cling to them. Let them be sustaining in times of temptation and deprivation. Let those words, you are my beloved, ring in your ears over the weeping and moans of your own brokenness. And let the gentle spirit be what drives you to embrace the suffering of the world, to bring healing and wholeness and love. Amen. Good morning. Video, even if I can't be there in person. Um, 
I'm talking about my decision to contribute to the Black Wealth Builders Fund because my friend Kim invited me to share my story. My father was a Methodist minister in the Virginia United Methodist Conference. So I went to church and adopted the Judeo-Christian values of my church and family. My father was an anti-racist who was inspired by Martin Luther King Jr. and was never given the honorary doctorate that many of his peers received because of the beliefs he espoused from the pulpit. I feel proud of the risks he took. Both my parents are from the South, and my brother, who has done a lot of family ancestry research, believes the earliest ancestors of my father in this country lived on a plantation in Virginia where they enslaved people of African descent. When I was growing up, I never understood how people who saw themselves as Christians could believe blatantly racist ideas and support segregation. It was very confusing growing up in the South in the 60s and 70s with so much of that around. During the summer when I was 17, about to be a senior in high school, the United the Virginia United Methodist Conference offered a program for youth to spend a month away from home working in church programs. I was sent to an inner city church funded community center to help with summer programs for low income youth in the neighborhood. One afternoon, we were in the center's bus taking a group of low-income children to go swim in the pool on the outskirts of town, which meant we had to drive through the wealthiest neighborhood in Richmond, Virginia, as we passed a big white mansion with columns, of course, white columns on the front. Sitting on a very large piece of manicured garden, the black child sitting beside me asked how many people lived in the house. I'll never forget the shame, sadness, and frustration I felt because it was the unfair truth that only one family lived there. I've never forgotten the sting of feelings I felt as that child The idea of making reparations to people whose ancestors were enslaved has always seemed fair to me. I have been a member of Alcoholics Anonymous for almost 40 years, and making amends for my wrongdoing is part of the spiritual program of the 12 steps that guide my life. While I've not enslaved anyone, I have benefited institution. When Kim talked about making a contribution to the Wealth Builders Fund, it seemed like a way to make amends and reparations. After all, my parents helped me fund a down payment for my little condo here in Oakland. 
that's a, a benefit that a lot of folks don't have, that I have, because there's family money that came up from way back. So making a contribution like to the Wealth Builders Fund seems like paying it forward. I don't know if I'll live long enough to see a plan for reparations on the national level here in the United States, but I feel grateful for the opportunity to make a meaningful difference toward equalizing the wealth inequality that is a systematic part of racism in the U.S. Thank you for giving me that opportunity and for the chance to talk here today. Bye-bye. Please join me in singing How Great Their Art. This is Purple Hymnal, number 77. <clears throat> 